Welcome to the effects loop. I'm Chris. I'm Sean. I'm Scott. I'm Diaz. And we're keeping you in the loop of the guitar community. This week's episode is, again, brought to you by our Threadless store. Uh, if you just want to go on the Threadless website, which is threadless.com, uh, you can look us up under the Effects Loop podcast, or there will be a link down in the show notes. Um, and we also have a set date for our charity live stream. Uh, we're going to be doing that Monday, May 14th at 6 Central. So that's, what, 7 Eastern and, like, Four uh, Pacific. Four-ish Pacific. So, Californians, listen to it at work. Yeah. Y- yes, it's your last hour of the day. Why not? You're already on Facebook. Yeah, what's your boss going to do? <laughs> yeah, your boss has already left three hours ago. What do they care? If that's not the truth. Sorry, boss, <laughs> if you're actually listening to this. <laughs> I but, highly uh, doubt yeah. my boss is listening, so I'm, I'm, I'm good. But uh, we'll have uh, we'll be streaming that in our Facebook group. Um, so just make sure you join the group to get that update, and uh, hopefully we'll see a lot of y'all then. Do you know so how hard this gonna is go... going to be for me? Doing what a live, live episode? Streaming? Yeah, you'll be fine. There's no more cutting it in post, guys. Got nope. Bring the A game. <laughs> All right. Uh, I actually do not think I have any what's new because I've been out of town the rest of the, all week. So uh, I well, hold on. Nothing. What, uh, what you about you were out the, of town? That's kind of new. Well, no, he stopped yeah. by uh, some guitar shops and actually got to play some new stuff. Oh though. yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, I guess we could do that. Uh, I wasn't even there, Dave. Played... I know. <laughs> yeah, I played a. Uh... I guess it's not exactly Cower brand, but the Titan brand uh, guitar by doug cower oh very nice yeah it was the what did it have it looks sweet the wide, yeah it had the wide range pickup so it was already kind of up my alley anyway nice um you know my big thing on guitars is like a fill over anything else and they actually felt pretty good so it's definitely it was already kind of on my radar but now a little more so what was the price on that one it looked like i mean because they're usually they're right around 1300 uh feel like it was like 17 but it oh, the wow. lawlers probably made up that oh, okay four hundred dollars yeah. because the <laughs> wide range like if you get cut like custom shop wide ranges you're looking at like 250 a pop almost dang depending on where you go yeah the killer with the titans is you know it's a great starting price but once you start adding on those options you know it does get up there pretty quickly Especially if you want two or three pick guards. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> nothing again. Nothing against the guitars; they're fantastic guitars, but the price does get up there rather quickly. Yeah, but you gotta think that's still di- that's still better than buying three or four separate guitars Absolutely. with different pickups. Oh, it's the same price as modding a uh, hey. a Fender of similar quality, if not better. You know, this I'd is say just up quality there. is probably getting no doubt. a little better than Fender. Well, I mean, Doug, if you could please stop trying to feed your children, um, that way we could afford. To, <laughs> to, no, I'm just kidding. No, so my goal is by the end of this year to buy something from Doug, whether it's You'll a Titan be walking or a out of damn with one. That I Already wish. That's it. Not, 
you know, <laughs> no, I'll be running out of man with a guitar and Doug chasing me. <laughs> It'll be straight like a cartoon. <laughs> my my only thing that I associate Doug Cower with now is the Simpsons because I was out of town and I was in Florida with my family and of course Universal <laughs> Studios was a stop and I went to the Duff Gardens there. I yeah. posted a, a picture of my Duff from uh, on my Instagram and of course there's Doug Cower right along there for the ride. He was so <laughs> excited. So yeah, Doug, Doug, when you went next time you're in Southern California, if you feel like uh. Uh, go into Universal Studios Hollywood. Consider your first round of duffs on me. <laughs> yeah, that and Oreos. That man, everyone like wants to post Oreos. I I asked him one time. I asked him if he'd be on the be on an episode if we only talked about Oreos and The Simpsons. Nice. He said he'd do that. I he, I don't know if he'll talk about guitars with us, but he'll talk Simpsons and Oreos. Yeah. You also. Chris, going back to Chris's what's new, you also went to some very minor event uh, while yeah. you're traveling, didn't you? There was a uh, cover band. U2? Yeah, the uh, Christian cover band U2. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, uh, I messed uh, up today. That and was I an experience. It was overall a good show, but like, I don't know why, but their sound engineers like run it super hot, so... I'm not sure if it was my ears, like, quote-unquote, like, clipping, distorting, or if it was, like, the system itself, but I've been to three of their shows, and all three of them have been like that to where it just sounds like poop, almost. But only because it's just so loud. And they're the only artist that I've gone to that has done that. Do you wear earplugs when you go to shows? No, I wish I had gotten some for that. There, that's actually one of the big reasons why I keep just a big old tub of like Home Depot earplugs in the back seat of my car. It's just like <laughs> whenever I go to a show or if I know I'm going to some place where there's gonna be live music, I just grab a pair. I don't even know if I'm gonna use them, but I just have yeah. them on me. Because usually, speaking as someone who has run live sound, it, you end up having to push that main front of house mix up so loud and that's usually demanded by the venue or the artist and you as the sound engineer you're caught in between a rock and a hard place but you even though you know it's going to sound like crap yeah they don't care i guess it's i guess in that case and it's an artist thing because i've been to three of their shows at three separate venues and it's all kind of been like that was this an and indoor show or an outdoor indoor uh, oh, okay. I even went to their Joshua Tree tour last year, which was all outdoor venues, and it was still like borderline distorting. Huh. So, and they're the only artists that you know I've been to a show and has done that. So. Very strange. Yes. Well, I mean, at least you got you've gotten to see them. I I have not gotten to see them ever. Well, if you can catch this tour, it's pretty good. Doubt at least from the the I... show aspect. <laughs> I doubt I will be. I have tickets to see the Smashing Pumpkins at the end of summer, and that's that's kind of more important to me to see than you two. Honestly, my wife's seeing Smashing Pumpkins soon. Mm-hmm. Nice. I their tickets for Chicago are so expensive. Oh, my I, wife I didn't pay for hers. It. She's got a friend who has stupid money. Oh, so, nice. Like, I think she like spent at one point like three hundred dollars a month on her hair. Wow. Wow. Yeah, stupid money. I, I, it's it's nice to have friends with stupid money. 
I, yeah, I don't yeah. know how much the tickets were. I think the most I've paid for tickets, most expensive show I think I paid for was Rush when they did the Clockwork Angels tour. Mm. How much was like, that? Uh, about 140 a person. Whoa. Oh. Yeah, that, I mean, but that's, that. that's I, Rush. I can beat that. So. I can beat that. <laughs> What's the most expensive I, concert you've been to? I, I, for my 21st birthday, I went and saw Van Halen and David uh-huh. Lee Roth in, in 2007 at the Staples Center. And I said, oh, it was, I was 20 rows back on the floor and right in front of Ed. And it was just, oh, it was the best thing in the world. It was the best $500 I ever spent. Jesus, take the wheel. $500? Dang. Oh, it was oh. so worth it. Uh, hold on, hold on. We got to get back on. Like, all right, all right, Sean. What's new with you, buddy? <laughs> oh, <laughs> thanks for asking. Uh, <laughs> what's new with me? I actually just got in a bunch of new stuff, and will be getting a bunch of new stuff in uh, for some new demos and reviews. Um, I got the Chase Bliss Condor about a nice. week and a, a week and a half ago. Uh, it was one of the most fun pedals and most useful pedals that I've gotten a long time. There's so much that you can do with it just without even using any of the ramping, without using an expression pedal. It's a really handy piece of equipment. I've I ran guitar, bass, even acoustic electric guitar through it. It it's a it, like if you're on if you're ever on the fence about getting a Chase Bliss pedal because a lot of people tend to love the like weird stuff that it can do. This is going to be the one that you're like, okay, I don't need to do any of the weird stuff. This, I can just use the standard stuff and you're going to be totally happy. You know, is, are people going to be convinced of buying an EQ pedal? I, I really don't know. It's not the flavor of the month. Um, but well, I, this is like I, so much more than an EQ pedal. Like that's the thing is like this isn't yeah. your, t- this isn't your grandpa's EQ pedal. No, it's like a whole uh-huh. new effect. It's honestly like oh, he's bringing in a whole new effect using something that we've used for years. Well, it's more of it's more of a filter pedal than it is an yeah. EQ. Really, you can definitely do a lot of the filter stuff and and just you know spoiler for the demo coming uh the next week, uh I found modes to lapse it as i made it a wah pedal and it was fantastic i made it a bass wah pedal and it was fantastic i made it essentially a tube screamer and apparently joel says he knows someone who swears he can get clon style drive tones from it i saw joel yeah. posting uh looking to try to get a hold of her actual clon yeah that yeah so you know, if somebody out there, you know, I'm not familiar with Klon, so I can't say whether or not it it can sound like a Klon. But if somebody who is familiar with that sound thinks the Condor can do it, dude, more power to him. I mean, it is it is a versatile pedal. It is it's mostly utilitarian, but it, it what it does, it does so well. So that's that's, that's the main exciting new thing. <laughs> But after a rather harrowing experience of trying to get something from Berlin to the west coast of the United States, um, a few months ago, I was just browsing uh, effects database and came across this company in Berlin called Amp Effects. 
And I just reached out to them because they did. They had all these different things. I think the guy mostly does like hand built clones and slight tweaks and mods to like other popular pedals. And he didn't have any videos of what he did, so I just thought, you know, hey, would you be interested in sending me something? And I'll I'll do a video of it. You know, you don't have to pay me anything. I I just want to check out your stuff. And he sent me his EP pre, which is pretty much his take on the Echoplex deal, like the EP booster. Mm-hmm. And I totally didn't get that whole Echoplex preamp thing. I totally didn't get it, but after playing this, like, I really like it. It it, it definitely is one of those, you want to leave it on all the time, and you don't want to mess with it. You find what you like about it, you set it, you forget it, and probably that's one of those under-the-pedal-board-always-on things. Yeah, I had an Echoplex 2 at one point, and it didn't work. mm. It was, it, I, I bought it. And I paid like three hundred for it, in hopes to fix it, and um, or maybe it was like it was. I paid maybe it was like two hundred fifty bucks, because uh, mm. a, a fixed one you can get low end, low end of the spectrum is about nine hundred dollars. So I bought it. I uh, ordered replacement heads for it. It didn't work, so I ended up throwing it on Craigslist, and um, I sold it for like four hundred fifty dollars, and still made money on a broken item somehow. Um, but, but when I plugged it in though, the preamp in it, like I, I would plug it in and just leave it on, even though it didn't work. Mm. I would just to have the preamp. There is something magical about a preamp and an echoplex. I don't know. It just does something to your tone that sweetens it up a little bit. The thing I like about this particular one is that apparently there were a couple different revisions to the EP booster, which this is kind of the platform of. Mm -hmm. And there's different things that you can do. There's like four dip switches inside the pedal that can tailor the EQ of the boost. Like you can get a more bright tone. You can have a more vintage dark tone. There's some bass boosting and some gain range, uh, adjustments that you can have on it and i like it running it with the bright setting and just a little bit of added low end to it just for a little extra wallop put it like at 10 o'clock on the dial and just right in front of the amp clean dirty doesn't matter it's just kind of like it's like a it's like a breath of fresh air so who was that again what was their name it's amp effects amp dash fx they're out of hmm. Berlin, Germany. Well, good thing and we a fr- ended that and- a war over there. So <laughs> <laughs> you said you said the West Coast, and you, I heard Germany and West. I was like, "What year is it?" Hold on, one second. <laughs> I, I took my nap today, so I was still trying to what wake up. What year like, is it? <laughs> Scott, what's going on with you? What's new with you, buddy? Uh, well, fun part. Uh, I quit my job this week, so yeah. I'm- so now i have unlimited free time and i've got some projects coming up here that i'm really looking forward to dig in before i start my new gig uh so actually some of it arrived yesterday from small bear so Mm. i've got some parts sitting and a giant aluminum enclosure that i'm going to be drilling some holes in so uh nice you had like i was so confused i really didn't follow that i maybe it might have been the tequila 
Um, what is it? <laughs> Probably. <laughs> what is uh, it? I've got an Arduino coming, and um, I have a yeah. lot of momentary foot switches, so I'm going to be trying to build a control MIDI controller um, okay. so I can run loops and all sorts of fun stuff from it. Very cool. Off my computer. Very that cool. Yeah, it does sound like a headache. As a MIDI illiterate person over here, yeah, that sounds like a headache, but sounds cool nonetheless. Yeah, it's gonna be a learning experience for me. Um, yeah. So I use MIDI, but like, like just I, I don't know. Someone's like, "Do you want to build something MIDI?" I'd be like, "No, I'd rather <laughs> slam my head in the drawer over there." <laughs> sounds a lot yeah. more entertaining. Well, this isn't my first project with using an Arduino either. I did that that Bluetooth page turner a few okay, months back. Yeah, um, that I made using one of those. So um, I'm, I, you know, uh, it'll be a, a learning curve, but you know, I've done it before, so hmm. it'll be fun. How about you, Diaz? What's new? Oh, uh, I I got the <laughs> fool in for Matthew's effects. Um, nice. I got the, I got that in this week. So... Does it live up to the hype? Mm. I would say if I hadn't bought the father, it would have. But yeah, I so pretty much it sounds like a hall reverb, a plate reverb, and then an octave reverb. Um, but not so, in the I mean, shimmer sense or in no. the yeah, shimmer like, sense. Not in the shimmer sense. Kind of like it sounds more like if you were to put a reverb through a pog. Oh, that um, sounds fun. <laughs> so it sounds really good. I, that one, I think, on there is probably the best. Because if, like, when I think Matthew's effects in reverb, I expect, I like, I want something modulated or something shimmer or, you know, nothing, not a normal reverb. Right. It's mm -hmm. the, the, the room in the hall just honestly kind of seems like you've got the cosmonaut and the astronomer on there, but without any uh, octaves. But it sounds really good. Um, I don't think I'll be keeping the fool uh, just because I really any the way I run my reverbs are not typical in the sense of I what I usually do is Scott can go ahead and get me for it. On my Kemper, I run the reverb for whatever amp I'm using. And then I will run the uh astronomer or not the astronomer the father through the effects loop mm. and i'll stack that on top of it because i don't use enough reverb normally where if i stack them it gets crazy mm. um but it, it's a really good pedal i don't like i'm i don't know what i'm gonna do with it um i might throw them both on my board for a while and just have a little fun yeah. or i might put both of them up for trade for a Ventress or a big sky because they are limited edition and you got both together i might be able to get someone to do that trade so who knows we'll see what happens you just might i do the same kind of thing with my reverbs too because i don't use a whole lot of reverb from my amp i try to just get a little bit of ambience to it and then i have a heavier reverb effect that i run in the effects loop and will stack on top of what i already have yeah, because so I, like I use a good bit of delay, so I don't want to have a you know a crazy delay and a you know a thick reverb and kind of become mud sounding and get lost. I mean, anyways, you're not going to hear it much in the mix, 
and right. I don't want to hear it in my ears and just sound like I'm getting muddy. So right. that's that's like my biggest issue with if I use a whole lot of reverb. Um, the only time I usually kick on the father is whenever I'm going for an ambient sound or I'm doing like a single note and I want it to kind of you know last longer and the decay to yeah. uh, hold it out for me. Heavy reverb is great for playing by yourself, but once you start getting in the whole mix, you know, it, it, you get lost pretty pretty quickly. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I think that's all I got. For some reason, I feel like I got something else, but... Oh, I got that aux switch in. I said, I think I said on the last episode, the guy forgot to send it, but I got the aux switch in for my time factor, which I'm, I think I'm going to try to use with my Morningstar MIDI uh, program, or the MIDI looper, or whatever it's called. So MIDI controller. I think you're able to use an aux switch for it, but I don't know how to do that yet. Hmm. <laughs> that way I can bank up and bank down real easily. Because I'm what? I'm not a fan of anytime you have to hit two switches at the same time, apparently my I just can't do it. I'm like having <laughs> like mess around with it and I'm like fighting with it. So I just give up and sit down. Well, let's dive into some news, guys. Um, sure. The biggest piece of news from the week, uh, we're not going to dive into in depth because, frankly, we spent too much time on it last week. Uh, Gibson did declare bankruptcy this last week. Uh, Looks like the company will survive and persevere, at least on the guitar side. And so I I think a few of us are kind of happier on that side. Is that kind of the consensus from the group? Uh, Yeah. I would would say so. I'm kind of meh about it. If anyone wants Gibson to close, they're a Whoa, whoa, whoa. We're meh about it? What's meh about it? I want to hear this. The fact that they, like, purposely stated that we're not going to, like, change anything, which if they, like, actually get some decent quality, like, it's still good quality stuff, but like if they'll quit putting out like things that actually come out of the factory damaged with like better quality control, cool. But like the price change, I feel like that's one of the things that needs to happen because that seems to okay. always be the number one complaint about Gibson at this point. And yeah, like why that... people are chalking up to them not doing too well is potentially because sales aren't doing too well. Well, the interesting thing about that statement and no, having worked for a couple different companies that have, you know, filed for some sort of bankruptcy protection, and I swear to God, this is all I'll say about it, is that <laughs> they say things aren't going to change, but things always change. Yeah, so I'm, some, I'm hopeful. Something's going to happen. Yeah I'm, I, yeah, I'm with you. I'm hopeful, but something is going to change. Yeah. But like right out of the gate with what they said, it's like, eh. But if things do actually turn around, good for them. I think when the, when they said they're not going to change anything, the context I saw was this is not going to ch- change the flow of products out our door is really where I kind of read that mm. in. Yeah, yeah I didn't take point. it as like them saying, no, apparently we were doing it right. Just everything just didn't work out that great. I didn't take it as I, I, I'm, I'm with Scott on this. I think it's more or less saying, you know, we're still Gibson. We're still going to put out Gibson guitars. We're not going to, I think more or less that we're not going to change is we're not going to tr- change for the worse and we're not going to like d- dismantle the guitar program. I think that was right. kind of what they were trying to imply. Not so much saying like the, well, nothing's going to change because it doesn't need to. I think, I hope that their prices kind of revert back to where they were Yeah. before mm-hmm. the price hike. And I hope that their quality control... I, it seems like the problem with Gibson is I see them doing things 
that like i don't understand financially why that would be wise like the gibson bus like i get it's cool but i don't know how many people have bought a gibson because the gibson bus drove up yeah Mm. like (laughs) why don't you send the gibson bus to every guitar center and store and have them set up the dang guitars and make them like yeah feel and play like you want them to play or yeah. why don't you put those people in the shop looking, making sure that you're not sending out guitars with defects? Like, I feel like if they would get rid of some of, if they would trim some of the fat, they they need to use this kind of mulligan to to move forward and kind of project themselves where they need to be. No doubt. Well, that's going to be a big part of this, you know, bankruptcy filing. And it's very telling, you know, what the court has decided to do for them is that, Really, the only thing that the court recognizes and the de- the lenders see as worth saving is the guitar division. So, yeah. like I said, they say nothing's going to change, but something is going to change. And that could very well be everything from the pricing to the quality control. You know, this is a company saved for the, th- for the time, mm-hmm. but that's just for the time. Something is going to have to change along the way in order for Gibson to continue its centuries-old legacy. And I think yeah. that with whatever new leadership comes after this, that's going to be their main focus. They've done it once before. They can do it again. It's yeah. just a matter of having the right person come in. All right, and that is all we're <laughs> going to say on the topic. I love how we're like, we're going to make it quick. Five minutes. Yeah. Done. <laughs> That's quick for us. Yeah, that was. So the next piece of news is the Holy Board Zigzag. Diaz, you found this. Okay, so I think it was Christopher Brewer in the Gear Slum posted it. He posted it. Um, So Holy Board um, has kind of made the name. Like this, I'm remembering correctly, this is the same company that did the wooden boards, right? Yeah, the wooden curved ones. Yeah, so they used to have a, a board that was wooden and curved and had holes in it. Um, look like Swiss cheese, and it, a lot of people like them. Um, but uh, one of the main issues were was they were usually pretty big, and the curve isn't for everyone. So they've come out with this new product that's a modular board. You can attach pieces, make it as big and small as you want it. And um, it's the same premise with the holes. You use zip ties for it. Uh, you can use... Um, velcro as well i guess but it's mostly it looks like it's made you know for zip ties Mm -hmm. and you can add it's really neat in the fact of um it's one of the few modular boards i've seen that looks actually useful and doesn't look like it would just completely fall apart i'm not sure how sturdy it is because i haven't touched one maybe they'll be at summer nam and we can see them um yeah but they really uh the price is not bad. Um, if you go on the website, it will say starting at nine ninety nine. That is the connector, which um, we all say <laughs> is very, <laughs> it's very bad because everyone went on there. They're like, oh, starting at nine ninety nine, and that's just the connector piece. Um, but they do have where you can buy. Um, it's two different pieces. You've got the zig part and the zag. I don't know which one's which, but one is ninety nine ninety nine. One's thirty nine ninety nine or twenty nine ninety nine. But you can get them. Uh, and a combo with a connector and everything like that. So you're looking at to start this board off about $130, or you could do less if you wanted to, um, which isn't uh, the cheapest thing around, but it, for what it is, it's a pretty, I'd say, solid price. Yeah. Um, it 
if you've got to go look at it because it's kind of hard to describe because it does have elevation in the back for um your normal size pedals or they could be the longer but for height wise you're not looking at like an expression or anything like that um but they do have a connector for expression and volume pedals so it's pretty cool um i think one of the big things that uh people you know you you see a lot are people who buy and sell different boards because they're like oh i want a small board i want a big board well this is pretty cool because you can buy different parts and i we've really moved into a, a day and age in guitar where modular is kind of a thing that people are looking for where we're not buying multiple of like uh we talked about the uh, titan has a you know in a sense a modular a pick guard you can change them out it's all put together and everything we've moved instead of buying a new guitar you can buy just a new pick guard and swap it in and out so i think it's really sticking with that where we're moving as a guitar world and um it's a, a decent price and it's a major upgrade to their holy wooden boards so yeah i'm gonna agree with that I, I never liked the curved wooden boards because at the end of the day i can just go down to the lumber uh, the home depot or whatever lumber yard and get them to cut me something wooden <laughs> to the size that i want and it's gonna be way less expensive and i can just finish it myself which is very easy to do for under a hundred dollars and it wasn't like kind of the the setup where you know when you're buying a pedal board from like creation whenever they had all wood and all that everyone was like oh well, i can go to you know home depot and buy the part this really did those boards really did look like they wouldn't be that hard to do and mm -hmm. look decent they kind of had the finish of your mother's cutting board ah um, yeah in my opinion so they really didn't seem like anything super crazy. You go to your local Home Depot, and as long as you have a big enough drill bit, you can yeah. make yourself a holy board. Yeah. <laughs> and I was I always thought they looked cool. Um, I'd never own one, especially because usually if you want the big ones, it's one giant piece that, like, it just, and it looks heavy. Yeah, mm. it did not look mobile. I don't know how light that actually could be. I guess my only worry with this looking at it is that the the metal in the pictures at least does look rather thin. So yeah. weight is weight will obviously be very good. So as a travel board, this would probably be an excellent idea. But my concern would be durability. It really it looks kind of like all right. So if you've seen the new uh, creation, uh, is it the heritage? Elevation. Is what they're called. Elevation, yeah, that's it. Heritage is the old one. Elevation. The elevation boards um look like they're about the same thickness. Just about, so yeah. it's so mm. and those are very sturdy. So mm. I would assume that if it's close to that in material, okay. Um it it it, sh it should be pretty sturdy. I I'm just looking at this. This looks about 12 to 14 gauge aluminum. I mean, it's pretty stout. Oh yeah, that was that was my guess. Probably like fifteen, <laughs> right there. Look at this! Look at yeah. this guy pulling out the gauges. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, occupational hazard. It's okay. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, I, 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 I'm with you that the, the zigzag connector only connects at the bottom. It doesn't connect at the top point too. So that's gotta that's gonna take a lot of stress on four screws. So I, I'd worry about that. And the other part I'd kind of worry about is like. One of the reasons I love having a pedal train 
is you can find cases for pedal train sizes. They're very yeah. standardized, and so they're very transportable for that. So, like, I was able to buy a mono case for my pedal board that is amazing, you know, like, from a case perspective. I With these custom jobs, it's it gets really hard to find ways to transport it mm-hmm. without just leaving everything exposed. So And not spending a fortune. Yeah. All right, so we'll move on to the next thing on the list before we all just get distracted. So Earthquaker put out the pyramids, which is a crazy, freaking, insane stereo flanger. Um, Earthquaker always puts out... It seems like Earthquaker is like puts out something and they're like yeah no no that'd be really cool but let's see how far we can push this mm-hmm. they're they're really good about making the weird noise um and this the first demo i saw of it was like the, it blew my mind this is a this is one heck of a noise maker yeah it, it's fun because like you always think of flanger in the terms of like what what earthquakers call in their classic mode which is you know the jet flyover kind of yeah. sound and they they have that in this demo and i'm like eh. all right i'll play the top gun theme song and then call it a day um but There's then no flanger it, in the top gun theme song no but it just feels like it fits you know i'm, I'm just throwing that out there I, I, I it's what i'm going to do let him make well, his cover <laughs> <laughs> i'm not gonna lie i did use that song for my sound check this morning at church but uh <laughs> <laughs> hold on all right uh, so i'm gonna throw i'm gonna throw this random story in there about top gun so my <laughs> hold Here on, we hold go. on. <laughs> it's actually it's actually a, a pretty cool pretty fun story so my wife is giving in she's in labor and we're in the hospital and top guns on tv and my wife yells at me she goes she goes i swear if you don't turn off that tv I, there's some other words afterwards <laughs> but um i'm not at liberty to repeat them and uh i turned to her and i said i said good thing you had me turn that off we we're about 30 seconds away from having a kid named maverick um, <laughs> so, so hold on the story's not over yet oh gosh so um oh, god my, it's not over. my wife had two children from a uh, previous marriage and i ended up adopting them and i i was able to change their last name and the the one of them i wanted to change their middle name too which we're legally allowed to do and my the lawyer turns to me and says well what do you want to change his middle name to i look at my wife she gives me the nod my middle child's name is tristan maverick diaz <laughs> wow wow so my my love for top gun runs got, pretty deep you got what you wanted in the end well the whole thing is is that that is like a i told him i was like dude that is you need to make that your nickname like I was like, go for it. You're going to be in high school. If people call you Maverick, I was like, that just sounds like a cool name. <laughs> if you met someone named Maverick, you, they better be able to kick your butt. That's <laughs> So that's my Top Gun story. <laughs> and I'm Very done. nice. Round of applause. <laughs> yeah. Let's see. My random ADD. So, so Flanger. Flanger. Back to Flanger. Flangers. Back to the Flanger thingies. The flinger. Sadly, I have not heard any of the pyramids yet, and I I know several people who have gotten one and they've done their own demos of it, but I don't know. Like I'm I'm pretty content where I'm at with flangers, so just to have another option would almost be, oh god, this is kind of overkill. <laughs> but uh, 
the fact that it's stereo is is kind of intriguing. I'd I'd be curious to put that effect into a stereo situation. I feel yeah, like I really like a... uh, they had a stepping mode, so instead of having the effect just kind of happen progressively, mm-hmm. it's yeah. got it's got kind of just kind of jumps to it, and that created like a sequencer kind of a sound that was just really cool. I feel that like you need fun. a Robert Keeley pepper grinder to really get into the craziness of this. <laughs> this is definitely a Keeley Custom really Shop just... Blackout Pepper Grinder. Yeah, there you go. Some people own those. There's like 30 people who I think who own them now. Let's see. It's it, it's really you've got the, this pedal is so different. Yeah. I feel like Flanger... I think I think it'd probably be pretty cool. Uh, I I would be definitely willing to to give it a shot. It probably wouldn't do. It probably would be a little overkill for my needs, but to definitely have it oh, in yeah. the arsenal just for that kind of different sound, uh, I I would totally be down for it. I kinda... this seems like one of those pedals that you leave in your drawer and you pull it out and you're like, I want to sound super crazy at this point in a song and you're like right. all right throw it on the board really quick and then you're like yeah i'm never gonna play that for a while and then you put it back in the drawer i'm just kind of bummed that they didn't show this at winter nam because the only thing they had at new at winter nam was really the westwood and you yeah. know it's a it's a fine overdrive pedal uh but you know there are so many overdrive pedals that come out at nam and that's just that really wasn't what I was expecting from Earthquaker, but if this would have been shown at Winter Nam, I, I probably would have been quite jazzed. I'm uh, definitely gonna make sure I play this for Summer Nam, and we get a clip of it. <laughs> yeah, I feel like uh, this is one of those kind of pedals where um, it becomes its own instrument yeah. with how how yeah. weird it gets. Like I think we uh, I think we were talking about like the Thermes kind of like that, and there's a few other mm-hmm. ones out there where it's like. It it steps into its own world, and so you start writing riffs for it instead yeah. of like being like, "Hey, you know what would make this riff really great is a stepping flanger," and you're like, "No, no, 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 no." But then you so, one time you plug the thing in, and you're like, "Well, what can I make this do?" And then you're like <laughs> writing a whole song around this one little part that came from playing this crazy instrument or this crazy pedal. Yeah, yeah, that's actually a nice little segue into our our last news topic because Sean, you were saying this oh, new yeah. toy did this to you. Mm. <laughs> yeah. So why don't, why don't you introduce this one? Okay, yeah. So a few days ago, Waves and PRS announced the release of the PRS Supermodels Amp Plugin Package. Um, it's a collaboration plug-in between waves and paul reed smith and essentially it's sort of a standalone extension of their gtr3 amp modeling plug-in uh and it has models of the archon 50 the dallas and a previously unreleased amplifier dubbed the v9 blue sierra um which I, I think I read on the Waves website, and I'll actually pull that, that up. Sounds so like I a can... military call. <laughs> it actually, from what I understand, it when you look at the plugin itself, it, it looks like 
that looks like the JM100 or the JMod100 amplifier. Mm-hmm. So I, I had read somewhere that it kind of served as a, a starting point for that amplifier. Um, so I, I downloaded it a few days ago. I have the full version, and so far I'm I'm gonna say it's it's blowing my mind. It's absolutely blowing my mind how good it is. Uh, the models sound pretty spot on good. Um, the important thing with the amp modeling plugins is how they feel for me, especially. And this yeah. one is probably one of the best feeling I've ever played to the point where I'm playing around with the Archon model and it instantly inspired a, a riff. So it's like if a piece of equipment or a software plugin is inspiring me enough to write music, then it's got to be good. Yeah, and definitely. the level of tweakability on it is just absolutely out of this world. You can adjust, of course, you have your standard amp controls, your three-band EQ. There's usually a master section with a presence control. The Archon has a depth, bright switches. Each amplifier has the ability to add on a preamp boost circuit, and there's, I think, like six or seven different voicings to that boost circuit. Hmm. So you can essentially have a little overdrive pedal in front of that, uh, each has a noise gate. It comes with eight uh, impulse response speaker cabinets from Paul's personal collection. And you can also load your own impulse responses. And you can load two different cabinets or you can run one. You can adjust the mix between the two. It is a It's a pretty darn good full-on amp modeling plugin and one that i think puts a lot of the other amp modeling plugins out there to shame yeah it would be great if other stuff was up to the level that this has been at i mean i i downloaded it yesterday um i was i was hesitant to get into the archon because i don't really play that kind of style stuff very often but i'm with you sean i plugged into it with my les paul and was just like this is fun yeah and was just noodling around um, uh, the other thing I, I didn't mention is that y- they also have a control for the power section that allows you to adjust the bias of the amp. It allows you to adjust the sag of the power section and the speed of the sag effect. So it's like you are just you have this unparalleled flexibility of taking a stock amplifier and turning it into something completely different. I mean, you can just look at the user guide and it's how many pages is this? 28 pages for a a plugin and just the level of tweakability on here is just insane. Yeah, it's it's a lot of fun. I'm just scratching the surface. Um probably days 1 and 2 of my fun employment period <laughs> will be me just noodling around with this uh at home and diving in a little bit more um fun uh, the other real fun part about it is for everybody you can get it for free for like seven days with their Mm -hmm. demo yeah so just grab it try it it and you know it's that same thing if you plug into it right away and love it yeah you know just dive in more you're gonna like it more you know 
So yeah, Waves is usually really good with their demos because you can demo it full version for you know anywhere from seven to thirty days, I think. And then right now, if you love it instantly, uh, it's on sale on their website right now for forty nine dollars, and the regular price is one twenty nine. So it's a pretty darn good deal. And until June second. I got an email from Waves about this, that if you own GR, GTR3 already, you get a coupon code to knock that 49 down to 29. So, yeah, I'm going to need to hit you up for that coupon. I'm not finding <laughs> that email. I've already used it, so one-time use only, <laughs> bud. Sorry. I'm going to be digging into my account here, seeing if I actually own GTR3 or just some <laughs> other version. <laughs> But it, I mean, GTR is a GTR. I already thought was a pretty passable program. Um, mm-hmm. I I sometimes use it when we're doing like track backing tracks for my church. Mm-hmm. I'll I'll put a, a rhythm track in there, kind of like sustained guitars, and I'll just use GTR because I can record it consistently. Then right, and it it's a fun practice rig for when you're not trying to piss off your neighbors, uh, you know things like that. Um, but this took it to a whole new level of fun, and so I. I'm looking forward to digging in more. Hey, everybody. Thanks for joining us. We had so much to talk about this week that we decided to break the episode into two parts. So be sure to keep your eyes peeled for our second half, where we'll be digging into the world of YouTube demos with Sean. We'd like to thank our sponsor, the Effects Loop Threadless Store. See the link in the show notes for where to find all that great gear. Be sure to join us for our charity live stream on May 14th at 6 p.m. in our Facebook group. This will be benefiting the St. Jude's Research Hospital. Follow us on Instagram at The Effects Loop, and also join our Facebook group at facebook.com slash groups slash The Effects Loop. Be sure to give us some comments, let us know how you're liking the show, and also send us some questions to use in our upcoming charity live stream. Thanks again for joining us, and see you soon. Close enough. Oh, we all were supposed to do that. Oh, did yes. you not clap? <laughs> all right, we'll try it one more time. Three, two, one. Sick. Okay. Ooh, I clipped that time. It'll be fine. I was trying. To I didn't. Oh, uh-huh. and I just set off my Alexa. <laughs> <laughs> Alexa, awesome. shut up! We're trying to podcast over here. <laughs>